So this podcast discusses whether a revocable living trust helps protect assets from nursing homes, creditors, or income taxes. Hey everybody, I'm Paul Rabelais. I'm an estate planning attorney. I'm, I'm um, oh, presenting this podcast from uh, our office in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We help people all across South Louisiana. And I'm presenting it on Mardi Gras Day 2018. So I'm sure all those king cake bakers are starting to shut it down. Uh, it's been quite a run here and been a little bit of a wet Mardi Gras season, but um, looking forward to, to Lent and everything that post Mardi Gras brings. All right. Um, so we get this question a lot, you know, do, do assets in a trust or do assets in a living trust or a revocable trust help protect assets if somebody goes into the nursing home and tries to qualify for Medicaid or what if I get sued? Can they take my trust assets or how's this going to affect my income tax? So let's just take it one at a time and uh, analyze each one. So the first one is do assets in a revocable trust help protect assets from nursing homes? And just the quick, quick background on that, when somebody goes into a nursing home, skilled nursing facility, They've, if they have assets, they've got to pay their own way. They're not going to get any help from Medicaid and, until their assets are less than $2,000. So the question is, sometimes, Paul, if I move my assets from my name into a revocable living trust, yeah, is that enough so that you know Medicaid won't make me spend those assets if I go into a nursing home? And the answer really is uh, uh, crystal clear. It's, uh, it's a big fat no. You get no protection. So I always like to, you know, back up what I say. And, and so, you know, I've got the, the really the provision of the Medicaid manual right here. It, it talks about, well, it just it's one sentence. It says, count the trust as a resource. And if you have resources, you have to spend them. If your resources or are over $2,000, we often refer to those as countable resources. Count the trust as a resource if the applicant slash enrollee is the settlor, and then in parentheses created the trust, and has the right to revoke it and can use the funds for his own benefit. So that's pretty much the definition of a revocable trust. You have the right to revoke it and you can use the funds for your own benefit. So if you can do both of those things, then... Uh, if you were the one who set up the trust, then those trust assets are counted as a resource. So no protection there from nursing homes if you put assets in a revocable living trust. If we dive a little deeper, we'd probably have a discussion about what happens when a married couple has a trust and one spouse dies. How is that trust set up? Uh, to um, what's going to happen when the first spouse dies. And that depends on the terms of that revocable trust. Many revocable trusts say that when one spouse dies, that spouse's share of the trust assets becomes irrevocable and the surviving spouse's share of the assets remains revocable. So then maybe part of the assets are protected from nursing homes. So, you know, that's kind of a deeper dive. I don't want to get into that right now because I want to you know, kind of be brief and cover the different scenarios. But generally speaking, if you have assets and a revocable living trust, you're not going to get any nursing home protection. Number two is 
are assets in a trust, in a revocable living trust, protected from creditors? Or sometimes we get asked, are assets in a revocable living trust protected if I get sued? Can people sue me if I have assets in a trust? People often ask the wrong question. Can people sue me if I have assets in a trust? People can sue you. Uh, you know, we're in America here, and you've probably seen a few billboards. People can sue anybody for just about anything. Now, whether they'd be successful depends on, you know, whether, uh, whether their claim has merit. But um, so I, I think when people are asking, can I be sued if I have assets in my trust, they're really asking me, if someone sues me and they are successful and they get a judgment against me, can they attach my revocable living trust assets? So the answer there almost unequivocally is those revocable trust assets um, aren't protected. And so, again, you know, we've got some authority there. Um, if you go to our Louisiana trust code for folks in Louisiana, um, it says that a creditor may seize only an interest in income or principal that is subject to voluntary, voluntary alienation by a beneficiary. So people who set up a revocable living trust it's going to be set up so that you can revoke it, you can alienate it, you can do whatever you want to with the trust assets. So since you have that right to, and these are big words, voluntarily alienate the trust assets or the principal or the income, then a creditor of yours can, can seize those assets. All right, um, now there's, there's a minor exception because there are some types of assets that are exempt um, from, from creditor claims. And our trust code does say if you have those kinds of assets in your trust, then those are you know, protected just as they would be even if they were in your name. But uh, you know, we, don't, we don't see much of that because most of what you own that would be in a revocable trust, um, you know, it, it doesn't fall under those exemption from seizure rules. So if your home is in a trust, and I, and I think our, our, uh, there, there's a small amount of uh, equity that one can have in a home that's protected. If other real estate is in, a tr in your revocable trust, stocks, bonds, cash, mutual funds, that's all you know, subject to being seized if you get successfully sued and someone gets a judgment against you. So really, no uh, lawsuit, no creditor protection by setting up a revocable trust and, uh, and, and retitling assets in your trust. Still considered yours for creditor purposes. And then really the, the last you know, question we get, does a trust save or cost me, does a revocable living trust save or cost me any uh, more or less income tax? So we gotta take a little closer look at the inter internal revenue code provisions and, you know, goes through three or four steps here. So we to, to really analyze that the right way, you've got to um, really realize that we have these uh, grantor trust provisions in our, you know, United States Internal Revenue Code. And just if we jump right in, 
what all that means is is if you set up a trust and if you retain certain elements of control that are found in these sections 671 through 679 of the Internal Revenue Code, then the IRS is going to kind of uh, deem that your trust is what's called a grantor trust and they're going to consider those assets in the trust as your assets. Trust doesn't pay any tax. You still you know, report all those uh, income items on your personal return. So one of those sections in the grantor trust provisions says if you retain the power to revoke the trust, then the trust is a, a grantor trust. So because it's a grantor trust, it's disregarded for income tax purposes during your lifetime. The IRS will treat the grantor or settlor or trustor, all those three terms are synonymous, basically the person who set up the trust and put their assets in the trust. The IRS will treat that person as the owner of all assets titled in the name of the revocable trust. The trust is ignored for tax purposes and all of the income and deductions are treated as belonging directly to the grantor or settlor or person who set up the trust and transferred their assets to the trust. So all of that income from assets titled in the name of the revocable trust is reportable on your you know, personal income tax return. Now, Oftentimes, like I mentioned with the Medicaid provisions, when a person who sets up a revocable living trust dies, that trust often becomes irrevocable at that moment. You know, you don't want your beneficiaries being able to go in and change all of the terms of the trust that you set up. So it, it's revocable during your lifetime and irrevocable upon your death. But during your lifetime, uh, the trust doesn't file a return. The trust doesn't pay any tax. All those income and deduction items get reported on your personal return. So really no, no more or less tax as a result of uh, having assets titled in the name of your revocable living trust. So the quickie version, no nursing home protection if your assets are in a revocable living trust, although there are other kinds of trusts that you can set up to get that protection your assets in uh, a revocable living trust don't give you any creditor protection. Again, there are, there are other strategies to get that kind of protection. And then no more or less income tax will be paid by you as a result of you having assets in your revocable living trust. So those are three things that the revocable living trust doesn't do. Most people want to set up that revocable living trust. It's typically used as a probate avoidance vehicle, you know, keep the family from having to go through that court process, that governmentally supervised process of managing and transferring assets when you die. Assets in your trust don't have to go through that. So hope that helps. Revocable trust have some, has some positive attributes, has some things that it it uh, will not protect you from, so you got to understand all of that as you set things, these things up and put your program in place the right way. Hope that helps. Y'all have a great day. Take care of business. We'll see you.